I agree, VBS was a really good time. I got the luxury of being in the playground this year, and man, let me tell you, if you wanna think and kind of maybe kid yourself that you're young and healthy and active, um, maybe just try playground for a week, and then you'll just be, there's a lot of humility, I'm just saying, to be gained there, like a whole lot. Um, so Shirley, Shirley set me up fantastically. She says, what's life without a little bit uh, of struggle? Right, and so this week we're going to kick off our next series, and it is entitled "Kingdoms in Conflict." And so uh, I would like to start today by going over a little bit of the overview, and then we're going to jump into one of our topics. So what we've been covering in our past series, which we entitled "Go," and the idea was to 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 join Jesus on His mission and go with Him, and as we go to talk with one another and our neighbors and to love on them, right? And we used, and we can look and see that command in Scripture and things like 1 John and even Mark 12, 30 and 31, maybe a verse that we've heard recently, possibly even memorized, yes? Yay, all the kids go, woo! All right, so then I kind of feel like the next question is, why conflict then? Why are we talking about a series, a whole series about conflict. So let's, let's take a second and, and pause and just, just unpack conflict a little bit and understand that it's really no more than what we're talking about is when there's an incompatibility or there's like an inconsistency between, uh, between and there's two differences, right? So what we need to be able to do is acknowledge and then work to understand like how we are to treat it and how we are uh, to work with that and work with each other in that. And that's why we felt like this series in particular was really necessary because as we go out and speak with people, and even as we, we speak with ourselves, right, it's very likely that we might have some of those differences. One of the ones that we're going to focus on throughout this series, though, is to understand the conflict that we have with the world and the things in the world. And how while the Bible absolutely does tell us, and we should be focused on loving one another and our neighbor, really what that means doesn't necessarily just uh, maybe letting them pass by or just supporting them kind of in a almost no matter what fashion, right? If we have true love for them and true care, concern, and want the best for them, then we should be speaking with them, and we're going to talk about how in a little bit, but we should be speaking with them and sharing with them, and that might cause some of this conflict and tension that we're talking about. But, but understand that that doesn't go the whole way to saying, like, let's battle, like, let's do battle. That's, that's not necessarily what we're doing. You say, well, David, the Bible says that we are in a spiritual battle. It absolutely does. But the difference is, is to understand who we're fighting and who we're fighting for, right? There's a, there's a distinct difference there when we talk about those two things. We are in a battle and fighting with the rulers of darkness, right? It says so in Ephesians 6, 6.10. We are fighting for each other and the one another's and our neighbors, right? So there's the difference. So let's not, when we have conflict, let's not feel the weight to battle with that person. Rather, we speak with that person and understand the forces that are at play in the totality of the situation that we find ourselves in. 
So as we talk and we, we go through this series on conflict, that's where I want our mindset to be, that we're going to bring up topics that, that we might ourselves be wrestling with, or we know others, we care very deeply about friends that we have that are, are maybe contrary to what we find in Scripture. And, and that's where we walk through the series about how we talk with them, because we, we should be, right? Because we love them and we care for them. So, I thought, man, as handy as an outline is, visual might be more helpful, because I like visual. So I put together a series of pictures that I feel like kind of outline this for you. So let's walk through this. So what we see right here, this is Yavin 4 base. Everybody knows that. I shouldn't have even had to say that right. Everyone's like, yeah, we were there, David. I know you were. It's okay. Um, but so we see in Scripture, right, and, and we should be very comfortable with understanding Scripture, especially like in Psalms where we see that God is to be our fortress and our rock, right? So if that is the case, then do we find ourselves like held up in that fortress and that's where we are, we are to be and to reside in His safety? I'm going to challenge, especially coming out of our last series, that we should be prepared to say that the answer is no. We should rely on it, but not rest wholly in it, right? We should be relying on it when it's there and we need it for that strength. Because we just said that we're going to be going out and we're going to be doing battle with the forces of evil, Right? And so as we do that, we need to understand that we are, we are putting ourselves out there. We are leaving our fortress of, of safety, right? And we are going out into the world to preach the gospel and the good news and the, the love of Christ. And see, I used to have this mental image when I heard about you know, spiritual battles. When I think about battles, I would get worried. Because I'm like, what if... What if, what if, what if I ran this through in my head and I'm like, what if we lose? What if we are under threat and, and our base is, is under threat, right? But then as I, as I fortunately got myself surrounded by some really awesome people and I dug into scripture more, I understood that no, 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 David, no, no. Instead, what happens is as you read through the whole thing, the entirety of of Scripture gives testimony that no, in the end, the kingdom of God will come, and it will come in glory to give Him glory, right? He will return, and He's going to be victorious. So all the while, what we should be doing is working through training, and also speaking with those who may not necessarily believe the things that we believe, right? And we are to be having conversations with them there in that middle and sharing with them what we know to be truth and walking through with them in, in community, basically, right? And talking through this conflict that we have with them. So that's our series goal, if you will, in a nutshell. And this is kind of just what we talked through, but just to highlight here is that we are going to be through the series distinguishing worldviews. Those are our beliefs, structures, right? We are going to be identifying and finding our source in our biblical worldview, and we will be talking about and comfortably addressing what is a secular-held belief that may be or is, because this is called kingdoms in conflict, likely going to be in conflict with what we hold. 
right? So, and then there's other things that we want to talk about too. We want to walk in the understanding that the conflicts, they might seem new, right? Things might seem different, but the beauty of scripture is as we go back and reference it, we see that really it just looks a little different. The same framework was there. It's been there since the fall. And we have the Bible to rely on to understand what we are to do and where we are to find our foundation. And then as we share that foundation, how we balance walking out discussions in love and truth, right? The balance between them where we're sharing truth and understanding that we, again, right, we are in that battle, but not with that person for that person. So our series, we're going to start today talking about one kingdom, and then we have a series of, of six topics that we wanted to address to provide both for the believer a, a foundation that they could rely upon and share from, and then for those new believers that are, we're coming and engaging with or that are coming to visit us, that they can hear the truth directly. And so we're going to talk through things like truth and the constant nature of God and sexuality, justice and labor and surrender. And then we're going to culminate the series with talking about, as we start with one kingdom, right, understanding the role that that one kingdom has and the preeminence that it should have in our life. All the while throughout this series, we are going to have live a survey, and it's going to be out in the ACE and referenced. So that the ACE, by the way, is all church email. If you don't get it, maybe talk to me after service. But we're going to, to take part and ask you guys, because we want, just as we say that we are going to be in discussion, we welcome discussion with you guys, our saints, right? That we are talking, and one of the best ways to provide feedback is, is to ask you guys just to go and fill out this survey. This survey is asking basically for if you would like additional questions on the topics that I just put up. The survey will list them again so you know what they are. If you'd like additional information or for us to particularly address areas, or if there's something I, that you have wrestling with or have heard that others are, you could put it in there as well, like a free-form message. And we, we look to understand that as a teaching team, as an elders, what the congregation needs support with and how we all can be together on this journey. So please do take part in that survey. Let that be the dialogue between us. And, and it doesn't have to stop there, right? Because it's a survey. It's not truly a dialogue. So, so come and talk with us too. Grab a member of the teaching team or a pastor and speak with us about how this is impacting you or how you want more information and how we can work together with that. So with that, let's take some time to talk about this one kingdom that I just introduced uh, a couple of slides ago. And the idea here that I would love for you to leave with is that there is one kingdom of truth and that it's a kingdom that must purposely be chosen. And we are going to, of course, get this and we are going to go to Scripture to understand this. So we're going to start in Galatians 5.16, which we did see earlier and we're going to talk about now. And it says this, I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. See, what's being called out here, there's, there's man, so many 
wonderful layers, right? Paul is sharing with the Galatians, he's like, we don't even need to leave self before we reach a conflict. Let's start just right there. The internal conflict. And then we can keep moving past that to just keep identifying, though, that there is this difference. And I, and I see from this that there's not really much gray. It's really pretty much that there's the spirit and the flesh, right? This is the kind of the balance that I just mentioned on a couple of slides before where we have the biblical and the secular, right? The, the flesh that we are fighting against and we need to purposely go to the spirit. We can see this also in 1 John 2. Man, some powerful passages. If you read 1 John 2 through, really could just pick up all of 1 John, but, but we're going to talk some and, and maybe reference 2 through about 4 today. And in there it says, do not love the Lord or the things in, sorry, world, that matters. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. One thing I forgot to mention, if you keep reading in Galatians 5, there's this really neat thing that happens. It talks about the fruit of both the flesh and of the Spirit, right? Fruits of the Spirit. That's in there in that, in that Galatians 5 section. And so it's even an example here of what we're talking about in 1 John where you can see the difference, and it's laid right before us, right? And it's talking about the lust of the flesh and the eyes and the pride of life, right? It's not of the Father, right? It's drawing a contrast and a difference, and the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So let's just like take a second and sit on that, because if we read that, right, there's a, there's a warning in there. Let's understand it. The world is passing away. So we're just talking about and we're identifying the kingdom of the world, right, in the kingdom of heaven or God's kingdom. And, and here is a clear warning that one of these is not to remain in perpetuity. It is passing away. So that should be a little scary. Because, maybe not directly for you, but if we're talking about and truly loving on people that may not identify or be in the kingdom of God, where does that leave them? It leaves them in the world. And this verse tells me that that's not a very comfortable position. And then with that, what we have offered to us and that we can offer to others is the sanctification that comes from God, right? And he who does the will of God abides forever. And so even, even to put the two kingdoms next to each other and say their differences, we can even do so in, in blessing and duration to identify a difference, Right? It doesn't even stop in differences of what makes it up, in the very form of what it is. One is a lasting kingdom that goes forever, and one is passing away. So, I'd like to take a second 
And if you guys have Bibles or phones, I'm going to read some scripture here, and I welcome you to read with me. So let's, let's open up. We're going to go to John 6, I'm sorry, 17.6, and I'll see you there in just a second. I have a bookmark, but I'll let you guys get there. I knew it was coming. So to set this up while you finish finding it, right? This is Jesus, and he's in the garden, and he's praying first for his disciples that are right there, his chosen men that he has partnered in discipling, right? And then this prayer extends to believers in the, in the latter half of this, and we'll see it in verse 20. Let's read, starting in verse 6. It says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given to me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, that they have believed that you sent me. So we're going to pause right here on verse 8. And there's a progression that Jesus is laying out, right? Jesus has been given as, as part of the Trinity, right? He has been given the words. He is the word we read in the Bible. And he, what did he do? Because he loves his disciples, he just sat on it. What he did was he gave them to the disciples, right? He gave instruction to the disciples. And then the response of the disciples is in here. He mentions it. It's two things, right? They received that, and then they believed it, right? Jesus isn't praying, thank you, God, that I, I gave this to them, and I, I forced it on them. He says that I gave this to them. They received it and believed it. And then we'll go on to verse 9. It says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world but those who you have given me, for they are yours, and all, and all mine are yours, and yours all mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be as one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of those is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because you are not of the world, just as I am not of the world." Jesus is firsthand calling out this conflict. He's walking through here, that he's, and he's mentioning what, what we just saw in 1 John, that this world is passing away, right? He's driving in contrast because he says, I don't want to be in this world. I'm not anymore, but I am leaving my disciples here, which may cause a curious question of why, but rest assured, Scripture will answer. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. 
As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. There it is right there. Right in verse 15, he states that not, not to ask God that we come out of the world, we as believers, and we'll see how I have that extension in a second, but that we remain so that we can also be sent into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified by the truth. And that is where we have his security and we rest in him. And then here, as we keep reading in verse 20, it says, I do not pray for these alone, the disciples alone, right? But for also those who will believe in me through their word. And there, my friends, is myself and you and, and everybody that sits right here before us and sits on Zoom and listens and maybe listens in afterwards as you believe the words that this prayer first issued to the disciples is also just as much as it is to be for you. So we see this example here of how Jesus cared so intimately for those disciples that he surrounded him with by offering the truth, and then they received it and believed it. But I thought it would be helpful to give examples because we are to be starting this with the examples and to be giving the contrast And I have here the rich young ruler in Nicodemus. These are two examples that we see in Scripture where Jesus is meeting with people and he's sharing the truth. He's speaking with them and he's loving on them and caring for them. How do you know that? Because I know because they're just having this gentle conversation with him, right? And and I see no force in either of these or really for that matter much of any Jesus's conversations when he's engaging people and there's the challenge issued because he does so in love. Right? And, and to spare us um, to, to go the whole way into those for the sake of time, I would say that, if you will, the summary of the rich young ruler, which is found there, we can reference later if you would like, in Matthew 19, is that Jesus states what must be done, that, that the ruler must give everything for the sake, and that Jesus and the will of God must be chosen, And the ruler walks away because that cost is too much. And then we have Nicodemus where Jesus speaks to in John 3, right? And there's this really phenomenal conversation about how there is this contrast of of earthly birth and and new birth and, and it walks through. But all the while, Jesus is so clearly, I feel like, just explaining and walking Nicodemus through his questions, Right? And in both of these scenarios, he's there and he's, he's caring for these people and laying out the truth. And then there is this point that he offers them after, after he gives them the truth, there is this offering of decision that is given to that individual. Right? Again, as we, as we do this, as we go out and as even we ourselves, right, we are to choose to deny ourselves. Right? That's what we read in Luke 9.23. And daily follow him. So we're going to close in John 17. If you're still hopefully there, can you join me? So in verse 25, this is just a couple from where we last read. It says, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, 
but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. As we close this, I think just this beautiful prayer, we just see his heart just continues to pour out, not just for the disciples that we read through in the beginning of this chapter, but for all believers that he's praying for right here, for us. Right, that heart that we are to cultivate in ourselves. But watch where it comes from. Did you see the progression of where it comes? And I have declared to them your name, and will continue to declare it, that the love which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. We are to be in his kingdom, to reside there, to find safety in it, and to bring it forth to those who we love and who we meet as we love them and as we should love them and to speak with them. And yes, there, there may be conflict as, as Jesus laid out in 17, but that doesn't mean that we walk away from it. It doesn't mean that we fight again with them, but we continue to fight for them. Would you pray with me? Would you pray that we know that we are fought for and that we fight for others, one another, and our neighbor? Father God, we thank you so much, God, just that you love us. That's a beauty in that. Us, broken and sinful and, and just, God, that, that right there in that brokenness that you met us, that you loved us, and that you shared truth with us that we can find in your word. God, and I pray that we would rest in that, that we would look to deepen our relationship with you. And God, that as we do that, as we understand the love that you have for us, that we would look to also love just as you have loved us. And God, that we would be in the world, but not of the world. And that as we are your light, God, that we would graciously and lovingly shine your truth on others. And maybe sometimes even into our own lives, God, that we would take hold of that. God, and we pray for this series that we would walk through and build our foundation on your truth, God, not even what we wrestle with ourselves in. God, that we build our foundation in you and that we continue to just abide and be in you and your kingdom, God. Amen.